Okay, what do you get when you get two Devils podcasters slash fans? Magical things happen, more magical than Disney World. We're going to be talking about the expansion draft. We're going to be talking about our overall opinions this offseason. We're going to be talking about the state of the New Jersey Devils. Wait a minute. Speaking of state of New Jersey Devils, we're talking to Neil of Devils State of Mind podcast. So buckle up. It's going to be a very entertaining and full-fledged episode. This is probably one of the longest episodes that I will ever do. So buckle up, everybody. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Writers, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 7.04 p.m. Eastern Time, July 19th, 2021 at the time of this recording. And guys, we are just one day away from the expansion draft to decide who's going to go to the Seattle Kraken and overall how their roster is going to be structured for this upcoming season. So it's really exciting to see. So if you haven't checked out my last episode, I basically talked about the Ryan Graves ordeal and how I feel as though uh, that trade was really even for both the Colorado Avalanche and the New Jersey Devils. And overall, I think Ryan Graves can be a great asset for this Devils team. But, you know, uh, the question is, can he translate his success from the Avalanche to the Devils organization? Because obviously, you know, when you look at his five on five numbers and when you also look at his uh, penalty kill numbers, they're relatively uh, good. But, you know, if you look at uh, all the other Colorado Avalanche's numbers in that regards, they're also really good. So the question is, did he play a factor in it or was he just uh one of those bandwagon kind of players who just got lucky you know that's uh you know a story to be told in the future hopefully it does work out but ultimately I think Fitzgerald did the right move in just getting more defense for our organization and that's not going to be the last move that we make especially with the expansion draft fast approaching so the Seattle Kraken will select a player from the New Jersey Devils roster with their 10th pick and uh you know I asked around I was like What goes into making that selection? And apparently it was just random, so they could have pulled our name out of a hat for all I know. So anyway, here's the uh, expansion draft list for the New Jersey Devils. So the goalie that they are going to protect is obviously Mackenzie Blackwood. Fords are Nico Heizer, Miles Wood, uh, Jesper Bratt, uh, Pavel Zaka, Yanni Kokkinen, Igor Sharangovich, and Mikey McLeod. Defense will be uh, Severson, Siegenthaler, and Graves. And the notable exposed players will be Subban, Bastion, Butcher, Wedgwood, and Janssen. Remember, I told you since uh, the Devils did the Graves uh, deal, uh, now they can expose uh, P.K. Subban without the fear of being uh, near the cap floor of $25 million. So, you know, there's uh, something to take into consideration. So if they do take someone like P.K. Subban, then we're going to need to burn some serious cash still. So, you know, I'm just telling you guys that uh, the New Jersey Devils are kind of in a very interesting spot. And hopefully that, um, you know, after the expansion draft or we'll see what happens during the expansion draft, hopefully some uh, moves are made. Obviously, for right now, uh, rosters have to remain locked so no team can make a trade. No team can release a player because obviously they got to make sure everything is set in stone for the expansion draft. So it's really exciting to see. So obviously, I think the only change I would have made if I was the GM for uh, the New Jersey Devils, which is, is that I would switch Nathan Bastian and Mikey McLeod just because... 
I feel like Mikey McLeod's numbers, um, you know, we know what he can bring to the table. We know what he's done with his scoring, uh, you know, career highs in all three categories from points, assists, and goals. And he also did relatively well in the face-off category as well. So, you know, uh, we know what he can bring to an organization. Obviously, you know, he's a bottom six player, but he, we know how valuable he was on the energy line with Miles Wood and Nathan Bastion. I just feel like with Nathan Bastion's hit total, you know, they can see a potential, like, good two-way player. So, you know, th that can kind of turn heads a little bit. But I'll explain it more in a second. But anyway, guys, what am I going to be doing in today's episode? Well, if you hadn't judged by the title or my cold open, we will be doing a special Devil's Crossover. So uh, I had a conversation with Neil of Devil's State of Mind. This is actually going to be a two-parter. Uh, the second part will be posted on the final week of July when I'm on vacation because... Uh, we did a reflection of the Devil season, so I told you guys I'm going to be talking to Devil's personalities about their overall opinions uh, of the season. So I talked to Dan Rice, I talked to Robert Aiken Jr. I've talked to a lot of uh, you know Devil's personalities in terms of just getting their overall opinion on how the season turned out through their perspective. So it's going to be really exciting to see. But obviously, guys, um, you know, let's focus on the now. So during that crossover I did with Neil of Devil's State of Mind, uh, we talked about uh, the expansion draft. We talked about uh, the future for the Devils. We talked about potential free agency landings. And I think uh, he and I bonded really well. So he already posted this uh, episode to his uh, channel. So if you hadn't checked uh, his channel out already, uh, give it a listen. He does a really great job. And... Uh, today, I'm just going to post uh, part one of our crossover in which we talk about the expansion draft. Like I said, free agency, and I just want to give you guys a disclaimer. We recorded this episode before the Ryan Graves trade, and also, obviously, we uh, did it before uh, the expansion draft lists were uh, set in stone. So, obviously, we're just giving our perspectives of how we were going to do it. I will explain more in detail of why I would flip-flop uh, Bash and McLeod, and overall, I think that's the only disagreement I have with the list but you know it is a little bit of a hot take because like I said it was going to be a quarter toss uh, between those two players of Bastion and McLeod and you know both are really good players and I would hate to see one of them go I really hope it's either Butcher uh, just due to the fact that I think he's fallen out of favoritism of the Devils rotation and then you know you got Subban because if he's gone and if his contract is gone then we could spend a lot of money and we won't be 25 million dollars away from the cap floor and then obviously you know uh, we got a lot of other players who are eligible to be drafted but you know they're, they're not going to draft a player like Scott Wedgwood. Let, let's just face it, just like, you know, with Carey Price on the table from the uh, Montreal Canadiens, I think it's very unlikely uh, that uh, the uh, Kraken will take someone like Scott Wedgwood over Carey Price, who just appeared in the finals and is also a former Vezina Trophy winner. I really wanted Price to win his Stanley Cup because I feel as though he's been in this league for a long time, yet he's never really had the opportunity to uh, win a Stanley Cup. Obviously, you know, they just went to the Stanley Cup finals, but I just feel like, you know, just to... Uh, you know, complete his career. He needs to win a Stanley Cup, but I don't think going to the Seattle Kraken will be the answer. It's a huge risk, and there's no guarantee that they'll be like uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, but obviously that's his decision. It's going to be very interesting. So before we talk to Neil of Devil's State of Mind podcast, let's get our live reads out the way. So the first live read comes from Bilt Bar. So did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their face. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry orange cookies and cream german chocolate and if you haven't tried all the flavors you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of the each of the nine flavors so not only are built bars the best tasting protein bars ever but they're super healthy as well check out all these stats 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar 
and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So order today and get that raspberry or orange or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So for all of my United States listeners, go USA. Am I right? So the offer is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And the second live read comes from BetOnline.ag. So please remember to gamble responsibly. So BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign bonuses, and contest informations. Don't sell on silence anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as MLB teams are prepping for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Remember, the promo code is locked on, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, remember to gamble responsibly, and also check out our friends at Locked On Bets as they give you guys all the latest news on the info on all your sporting needs there as well. Okay, so let's talk to Neil of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And overall, let's just talk about the expansion draft. Let's talk about opinions for the New Jersey Devils this upcoming free agency period. And overall, uh, he's made some bold predictions. I'm going to make some bold predictions. He's going to make a hot take here and there. I'm going to make a hot take here and there. It's just like when two Devils fans meet and just have this overall conversation and that the fact that they're both podcasters, magical things happen. It's more magical than Disney World. So uh, let's uh, roll it and let's just talk to Neil of Devil's State of Mind Podcast. Let's take it away. Well, let's talk about something that you actually do want to talk about, which is offseason. Like yep. any big moves that uh, come to your head in terms of what the Devils should trade for, in which the Devils should sign, yeah. expansion draft. Like, yep. um, you know, I want to I want to know what what's your mindset? Well, I think we'll start. Let's start with the expansion draft. I'll look at it this way. Here's the here's the. Not trying to crap on the Devils, but let's be honest. We don't have a whole lot to offer Vegas when it comes to unprotected. No, we, we don't have a we, – we are one of those teams that Seattle will be like, well, we'll just take somebody. You know, it's it's not like – unless we do end up leaving someone like Andreas Janssen unprotected. That might be more enticing to Seattle because he's still a relatively young player who maybe with the right system can really get going, and maybe next year he does get going. I would prefer to see him get going with the Devils – but if that ends up not being the case, well, unfortunately, that's part of the business. Um, but I think that there's a good chance we may lose out on someone like a Nick Merkley or a Nate Bastion, possibly even a Colton White, who we just signed to a one-year contract. Um, there's a chance that they may take Scott Wedgwood if we leave him unprotected. Don't re- I mean, it's the, these are things that we don't know. We're supposed to know, I think, by the 17th of July as to whether or not um, – you know, as to like who's going to be protected, who's not. So with regards to that, the funny thing to me is that I think the Devils will be active trading-wise at the expansion draft. I think the Devils are going to see some opportunities and say, you know what? I think this is a good chance for them to take advantage of some teams. And I look at some teams like you look at the Tampa Lightning, for an example, um, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Calgary Flames, there are some teams out there that I really think um, could certainly uh, be taken advantage of by the Devils when it comes to the expansion draft. So I think that's something to to look at, I would basically say. Yeah, so I'd say, okay, so I'd say P.K. Subban is going to get protected just so that we don't hit the, 
you know, we don't hit the cap floor because we'll be $25 million away from the cap floor. So unless we do not have And he's also a, a solid depth defenseman. I, I wouldn't I, – like, I'm fine with him being a depth defenseman, and that's what he would be moving forward. And, again, his contract comes up at the end of the year. So, we're, I mean, we're going to have even more cap space next year than we are this year, obviously, depending on trades or free agent acquisitions that we make. But we're going we're gonna to get $9 million in cap space – at the end of the 2021-22 season. So honestly and truly, it, and again, if we let him go and he gets picked up by Seattle, guess what? We're 25 plus million dollars under the cap floor. How the hell are we going to get the 25 million dollars to the cap floor? How are we going to do that? It's it's virtue. We could sign Dougie Hamilton and Gabriel Landeskog to max contracts, and we'd still be under the cap floor. That is exactly like how important this is. We give them both like what, $10 million? That's $20 million. Guess what? We're still five, $6 million under the cap floor. So it's still, it's one of those things you have to understand. I know people may not be ecstatic about keeping Subban, but the Devils may not have a choice financially. That's the thing that I'm pointing out. So don't get mad if Subban is on the protected list. You have to understand it's a financial reason, not necessarily a playing reason. That's what I was telling people. I just said it's not worth to lose Subban for nothing, and then we're in a financial crisis, especially since we're going to have money to burn, essentially. So, um, obviously, okay, so uh, some exceptions to the draft. Uh, I believe Jack Hughes is exempt from the draft. Yep. Bolquist is exempt from the draft. Berkeley is exempt from the draft. Ty Smith is exempt from the draft. So, obviously, those are some notable players that we don't have to worry about. Um, I'd say here's a hot take. I'd say, okay, Scott Wedgwood will be exposed in the draft. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Because it's he either will. him or Mackenzie. It's either him or Mackenzie Blackwood. Right. Um, I'd say this for exposing a defenseman. So I don't think I unfortunately for the Siegenthaler signing, I don't think it's a way to just expose him in the draft. I think Lindy Ruff really likes um Siegenthaler. He even and it was said a it two in the year interview. contract as well. It wasn't like he was just signed to a one year deal and go from there. This is a two-year contract. So to me, that tells you that the Devils really do want Siegenthaler. And honestly, even though he only played like seven games, he wasn't that bad. He was a pretty solid player. And a lot of people I've spoken to from the Capitals fan base, they say he he certainly has potential to be a very solid defenseman. He just could never find playing time on a on a on a Capitals team that was constantly trying to compete for a Stanley Cup. So right. mean, it's a good opportunity for him. I think the question mark is also his offense. So defense, yeah. he's solid, like you said. But I think the big that. question mark is just, is just his offense. But right. you know what? I'm more worried about the defensive side of things. I like. I, I don't really need a two. And we defense. have enough offensive defensemen already that we don't that we do need some defensive defensemen. And I'm, that's why I'm okay with Siegenthaler being being here. I'm not against it. I thought he was solid. We didn't. What did we give up? Like a third, a fourth round pick for him? It's not like we gave up anything or a fifth round. No, pick. we didn't. Yeah, it was was a middle of pack draft uh, pick and no players involved. Just uh, it it was at the trade deadline, too. And it seems like uh, Lindy Ruff is big on Siegenthaler. So I think Siegenthaler is here to stay for the organization. Very unlikely that the Seattle Kraken will select uh, Scott Wedgwood uh, with their pick from the Devils, just because, you know, like we said, Scott Wedgwood, I think he's solid. But obviously his stats and what he did towards the end of the year. Yeah. If I was to see Al Kraken, I'd be like, no, thank you. You could keep him. So I think uh, Scott Wedgwood is here for at least one more year. And then yeah. um, 
Um, I, I, I'd say this. So obviously there's a lot of question marks as to who is going to be exposed and who's going to be protected. It's going to be a toss up between uh, Mikey McLeod and um, Nathan Bastion, in my opinion. Mm. It's going to it's going to be a toss up. Yeah, because it's just like, which one do you expose? Because those are going to be the one of the best players to expose in the draft on our standpoint, right. on our standpoint. Right. Obviously, I'm not talking NHL standpoint. I'm just talking from our standpoint because we Correct. both we know what both of them have brought to the table. So um, I'd say this protect Bastion, expose um, McLeod. Because the thing is, is I think of it like this. But hang on, hang on. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. Nathan Bastion led uh, our team in hits and he was tops in rookies for hits as well. So he brings that aggression. Now, if we look at Mikey McLeod, we see the improvement. We saw that he was better uh, getting points, goals, and assists. He, he, he got career highs in all three scoring categories that you could yeah. possibly get. And he was also fantastic in the faceoff. He won more than half of his faceoffs. So it's just like, um, if I'm looking at it from the Kraken standpoint, I think it's just, that's a player you just overlook kind of thing. It's just like, a, oh, yeah, okay, Mikey McLeod, oh, yeah, whatever. But then for Nathan Bash, it's like, wait a minute, this guy was tops in, in hits? Get him. Like, he has right. aggression. Right. So I'm just like, from a Kraken standpoint, who would they be more impressed by, Nathan Bastion or Mikey McLeod? Probably Nate Bastion. Right. Probably so Nate Bastion. You... But again, like, I, I would say this for McLeod. Again, the thing about McLeod is that it, it took him it took him several years just to get his first NHL goal. And then once he got his first NHL goal, he really started to blossom into that grinding type of player. And I really felt like he earned himself a spot on this team and earned a spot in the NHL by the way he played. Not saying that Nate Bastion didn't as well. They both did. And if we had it our way, if the expansion draft wasn't happening, both of these guys would be on the team next year. I mean, that's just plain and simple. Um, but that's the thing. I think that's going to, when you hear the devil saying like, oh, Fitzgerald's make a tough decision, that's probably going to be that tough decision. Is it McLeod or is it Bastion? Now, is there a strange possibility that they don't take either one of them? Yeah, I don't get that. I don't know why they would do that, but who knows? Do I think a guy like Will Butcher could be left exposed? I think there's yes. a possibility. I think there's a possibility yes. because of the fact that you're already hearing apparently that Fitzgerald is hearing trade trade talks for or is hearing trade offers for Will Butcher. So maybe the Devils just would rather let him go and just go from there, which I mean, I would rather they trade him away and get something for him as opposed to just letting him go to Seattle. But if he's not going to fit in and he was, mind you, he was a healthy scratch the first like nine, 10 games of this season, a healthy scratch. It wasn't like he was, he was hurt. He just wasn't playing. And so that's something to keep in mind moving forward that, he probably is not valued at the same level that he once was when he came to the NHL. He's never been the same player that he was his rookie year. His stats and his play has declined every single year since that point. So losing a guy like that, I would prefer over losing a guy like Bastion or McLeod because, again, you could find another guy like Will Butcher's play even as a free agent. Like You could give money to Cody CC for the same type of play. Now, Cody sees he's a right-handed defenseman, not a left, but still. And you also have an incredible amount of depth on the defensive side, on the left side, in your farm system. And you very well could give a young defenseman an opportunity to compete in training camp. So, to me, the biggest hot take would be, for me at least, that Will Butcher's the one that gets taken. That yeah, be, I mean, I, that would be that. I, I actually agree with you on that. So, 
Uh, I actually had a crossover with one of my colleagues, Erica, who hosts Locked on Kraken. And I basically gave her my uh, projected uh, list of players that will be left unprotected and players that will be protected in this year's uh, draft. And I said, uh, you know, here are some notable unprotected players. And I said, um, you know, obviously you'll have Will Butcher, you'll have uh, McLeod, and, you know, you'll have like Janssen. Because I, I say Janssen might be left unprotected, quite honestly. And obviously, uh, I, have we signed Ryan Murray yet? Because uh, I know no. he's going to be an unrestricted No, he's, we a, have he's not. a UFA. Okay, so we don't have to worry about him. So it's just like, um, you know, uh, who would you like to take? And she said, well, based on what you just gave me, I guess I would have to go with Will Butcher, quite honestly. Because it's just like, and, and I told her, like, well, the only reason Will Butcher got playing time towards the end of the year was because we had to deal with a lot of injuries. We traded a few people and, you know, we, he we had, had to, to, he had to play. We were bringing right. up rookies, once again, injured. And also we had to trade a few away, a few people. Like, you know, it's, you know, it's a tough deal for Butcher when a guy like Connor Carrick is more likely to stay on this team than him. And there's nothing yeah. with, and look, I just want to say this. There was nothing wrong with Connor Carrick for what he is as a defenseman. I do not have an issue with he's solid. He plays half decent defense. He's not going to put up a whole lot of numbers. Uh, he had that one big goal against the Flyers, which ultimately didn't end up being the game-winning goal because we gave up the goal like a minute later. Um, but yeah. And he has a tremendous podcast that I've mentioned before, the Curious Competitor podcast, which I would highly recommend that anybody to go listen to. But Connor Carrick's been a solid guy since he got here. And I would prefer to keep Carrick than have Will Butcher because, again – Butcher's younger, yes, but his play has continued to drop since he since his uh, second year in the league. And it just doesn't seem like he fits with what Lindy Ruff's trying to do. And so to me, that's kind of the whole thing with like, if, we if, if we're going to move him, you know, we either trade him, which I don't know what we get for him or who we go to, or we leave him exposed in the expansion draft. Honestly, it's looking like more and more we might have to leave him exposed in the expansion draft. So uh, my protected list is this. So I got Mackenzie Blackwood, obviously, Damon Severson, Jogis, Jonas Siegenthaler, excuse me, uh, P.K. Subban, Nico Heizer, Jesper Brat, Pavel Zaka, Yanni Kokkonen, Igor Sharangovich, Miles Wood, yep. and Nathan Bastian. So notable unprotected players would be Will Butcher, uh, Michael McLeod, and Andreas Janssen. That would seem about right. And then it's going to be, I think from there, Seattle's going to go between either Butcher or um, probably Janssen. That's probably what it's right. going to come down to. And again, we also have to remember this. Who exactly are the Seattle Kraken going to take from the other teams? By the time right. they get to us, what are they looking for? Do they need a forward? Do they need a defenseman? What do they need? That's it's one thing the thing to keep in mind. It's one of the question marks I have going into this amateur draft, which is when we're doing our mock drafts, I'm like, I don't know who the Seattle Kraken need. Like, it, it could be a random person. They could they could draft a they could draft. A I think with Jesper Seattle, I think with Seattle, it's going to be probably best player available. I really do. I think that whoever is the best player on the board, on their board, whoever's the best player on their board is who's going to take it. So, like you say, it could be Wallstead. They could look at it and say, look, he's the top goaltender here. We need a goaltender, you know, for the future. Let's go get Wallstead. Although I would prefer the Devils to get Wallstead. And I have a theory about that, but that's fine. I'm not saying it number four. Everybody keeps assuming that I'm saying the Devils are going to take 
Wallstead at four. You really I'm think he'll drop that much? To four? No, I no, it, to, to like to like the Islanders pick, or is that what you're no, referring to? No, I'm not to? saying he's going to drop to 29. What I'm saying is that you use 29 to move up. If you oh, see an opportunity okay. to move up, to get somebody like, if you come out, to me, I look okay. at it this way. If you come out of the first round with a Luke Hughes, Brant Clark, William Eklund, or Simon Edmondson, and a Jesper Wallstedt as your two picks, I think you just nailed the first round, in my opinion. But again, I don't know these players that well. Like the, like the scouts don't know these players that well. It's a, we don't know if Owen Powers going number one overall. He might not. They might draft Luke Hughes number one overall for all we know. I, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but uh, or I guess this wouldn't be bursting your bubble. But uh, one of my colleagues, uh, actually, uh, he hosts Locked On Tabers. We did a mock draft a couple of weeks ago, and he said that they're going to draft um, uh, Luke Hughes number one. And I'm just like, and I was just record scratch. I'm like, wait, 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 what? No, Luke see, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. If, in fact, and I, I'm trying to tell this to Devils fans, if, in fact, Luke Hughes goes before the Devils pick at number four, please do not get mad at Tom Fitzgerald. Please do not get mad at him because it's out of his control. If you end up with, if we end up with Brad Clark, if we end up with William Eklund, if we end up with Simon Edmondson, please don't get upset. Because it's not like you said, oh, you should have traded up. Do you understand how much you'd have to give up to trade up just one or two spots? Like, let's you need just to be stay- like the, you need to be like the Sabers and and have a Jack Eichel and say, look, he, uh, he's yours, but we want a lot. Exactly. So I'm saying this. Like, I understand, I understand that people love Luke Hughes. I think it's great. He's six foot two. To me, my only question about him as a, as a defenseman is his main job, defense, which is not great. He, okay, so, yeah, he's, he is jumpy on the defensive side of things, which does, um, you know, uh, expose him at times because, like, when you're too jumpy, right. it, 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 you're, you're taking away from your assignment, and overall that can uh, hurt and again, you. So, yeah. And, look, like also, he's not going to come to the Devils right away. I want everyone no. to understand that. He's going to Michigan. He's going to play. Yeah, the reason why I'm bigger on right. The reason I'm bigger on a guy like Brad Clark, in my opinion, is because Brad Clark's been playing against men. Brad Clark has a little bit of an edge to him, and he's a little bit more good on the defensive side. And the other thing with a guy like Simon Edmondson is this, and this is a hot take. This is my opinion. Simon Edmondson is actually going to end up being the best defenseman of this draft because he is Whoa. a longer, he is a project. He is not somebody that's going to come in right away and light the house on fire. This is a guy that, to me personally, is very similar to the way Victor Hedman came into the league. It took him a couple of years, but once Hedman got rolling, he became a, 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 one of the best defensemen, Norris Trophy winner, uh, Conn Smythe Trophy winner, two-time Stanley Cup champion. I think if the Devils ended up having to take Simon Edmondson at four, I would be pretty pumped up. I would, to be very honest. Um and then as far as Jesper Wallstead, to me, honestly, I think he's better than um, Askarov. Judging by what I've seen and the things that I've been told, Jesper Wallstead is a guy that if you need a goaltender, as you know, you need a franchise goaltender, he's it. And guess what? The way the NHL game is now, you need a 1A, 1B. Not that many teams have a 1A and a half decent. Who was, who was Tampa Bay's 1B? McElhaney? That was their one B the majority of the year. Who was, who was, um, look at, you know, here's a good example. The New York Islanders, 
They have two goaltenders that are phenomenal. Varlamov, who at one point we thought could win the Vesna, and Ilya Sorokin, who arguably is one of the best young goaltenders in our game right now, and he was tremendous with the Islanders. They have a 1A, 1B system. Who's to say the Devils can't do the same thing? Who is to say the Devils can't do a 1A, 1B in, down, down the road with a guy like Mackenzie Blackwood and Jesper Wallstead as his backup? I think a lot of Devils fans, honestly, truly would be okay with that. I really do. Do you know anything about Akira Schmidt? Because I know we signed him to his entry-level deal. Do you think I do that could be I, our answer? Yeah, Akira Schmidt. You know, the funny thing about Akira Schmidt is, Schmidt is this. He was the best goaltender in the USHL by far. He was phenomenal this year. He put on a show. He was really good. He took a really good step in his development. I think most likely he's going to end up either in Utica or more likely at Adirondack to start next season. And I think the Devils see him as a guy that could be that. And that could be a reason why the Devils may not go for Wallstead or somebody like that because they have Schmid, they have Eric, Co- they have um, Cormier, who I think they still have to sign. He's an RFA at the moment. I don't know if they'll let him go or not. And then you have Nico Dawes, who they selected last year as the best American goaltender in the draft. You know, they have options. They have Cole Brady as well. Cole Brady, who is still playing in college. So there are options here. But I still look at it like this. It's like, it's like pitching. It's like pitching in baseball. You can never have too many pitchers. You can never have too many good goaltenders. And you might, and here's the other thing too. What's to say that they can't use one of these young goaltenders in a trade to get somebody that they need more right away. I'm just pointing that out. I'm just pointing that out to me. The perfect situation for me, at least would be the devil's draft. One of the three defensemen I mentioned, Luke Hughes, Brent Clark, or Simon Edmonton. And they trade up and are able to possibly draft uh, Jesper Wallstead. I don't think it's, I think it's more likely they'll draft one of those three defensemen at number four. And then as far as Jesper Wallstead, I don't think he's going to last. The furthest I think he's going to last is kind of like how Askarov fell to like 11 last year to Nashville. The furthest that I can see Wallstead falling to is 15. So if the Devils have an opportunity to move up to get Wallstead, I would personally do it unless you're getting, because I don't know what people value as with the 28th, 29th overall pick. It's another first round pick. Yes. I don't know what you're about. I don't know what exactly, you know, I don't know what, what type of impact player you can get from the an NHL team right away for the 28th, 29th overall pick. Kyle Palmieri. Well, you have to sign them. I mean, well, that's a that's a that's a free it, agent signing. It, 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 it was a joke, like because you know oh, okay. we traded yeah, well, Kyle Palmieri. Basically, Travis right. Yeah, Travis Ajak and Kyle Palmieri are worth a 29th, the 29th overall pick, apparently. So I guess that's I guess that's a good point. But again, that, that would be the way I would orchestrate it when it comes to that. And then, like you said, to you know, we have to see because the, the crazy thing about this year is that you have the expansion draft on the 21st. Two days later, you have the entry draft. Right. A lot can change in 48 hours for a lot of teams. I'm really looking forward to seeing what trades could potentially go down for the Devils before and after the expansion draft. Because like I said, if they want to leave P.K. Subban unprotected, that's fine. But I said, you have to make sure there's some deals in line. Hmm. So that way we do not like get into the red financially. And the other thing is this, even if, P.K. Subban is left unprotected. There's nothing saying that 
he ends up in Seattle, there could be a team during the expansion draft that could call the Devils and say, what do you want for Subban? And then you think about exactly. it. And then you think about it. And then you say, hmm. And I talked about it. I said to myself, you know, I said, you know, you want to throw a crazy one out here. I'll, I'll give you a crazy one. The Calgary Flames are probably going to leave Mark Giordano unprotected in the expansion draft. What's to say that the Devils can't do a one-for-one or something like that, and they get Mark Giordano? Now, is Mark Giordano older than P.K. Subban? Yes, but I will tell you this right now. It was only about two years ago that Giordano won a, won a Norris Trophy. So it's like, you know, and Giordano is still a pretty solid player at 38, 39 years of age. And also, let's just throw this out here. Matthew Kachuk is somehow possibly available in a trade. Maybe you do a blockbuster trade where you get Matthew Kachuk, Mark Giordano for like P.K. Subban and somebody else, and you go from there. I don't know. I literally have no idea. I can throw out anything and people will lose their mind. I have have nothing. That's interesting that you say Matthew Kachuk because I talked about this on my show. Um, You know, Actually, you know, due to his qualifying offer and the financial situation for the Calgary Flames, if uh, Matthew Kachuk, I believe, accepts that qualifying offer, this can really ruin the Calgary Flames financially. So they might have to do a salary dump kind of deal where they get a few prospects and a draft pick for Matthew Kachuk because it seems as though their finance is going to be a little bit in trouble in in that regards. And I've also heard from several people that – the Flames are at a crossroads where they may have to decide that this core can no longer get it done, and then they have to move people. Kachuk, possibly uh, Monaghan, uh, Johnny Gaudreau as well. They may move all three of those guys when it's all said and done. I think there's a possibility, um, but Calgary's in a very difficult spot, and that's another one of the teams that the Devils could take advantage of, where the Devils could make trades with these guys without having to give up a boatload. We got significant roster pieces. We got prospects. And we got money. Draft picks. And we have draft picks. But, and we have draft picks. We, and I will mention this. But be smart. Well, this is the thing. Tom Fitzgerald has made it pretty much publicly clear that he will make trades with prospects. He won't necessarily make trades with picks, which is okay. kind of weird. I don't really understand why. And very, very, very risky because if this doesn't, let's just say hypothetically, right? If if it doesn't work out, if it does not work out, like in terms of like trading prospects for good good players, and we have to start all over, we don't have that that base to start off. Like we don't have those prospects to look forward to. So that's what a lot of people say. Like you know, when you're contending and all and you're trading all those prospects, yeah, it might be irrelevant, but you can't keep this dominance up for a long period of time. So it's like, you know, if, if we were to give up, let, let's just say hypothetically in some big trade, I don't know for who, let's say we traded away Alexander Holtz, Nolan Foote, Dawson Mercer. Let's just say we unloaded a whole bunch to get like the best hockey player ever. Like, let's Connor just say McDavid. we, we, yeah, we, we traded Connor for Connor McDavid. Yeah, Connor McDavid. And we gave away um, all our prospects are high level prospects like the ones that we're looking forward to yeah. like alexander holtz nolan foot dawson mercer yeah. uh let's just say jesper boquist was thrown into it because i don't like him um you know connor Mc- i don't i'm sorry i like i I'm like sorry. him i still like him a lot to be honest with you i i don't think he'll last uh half the season i think they're gonna wave him if he doesn't we'll produce see. well i mean but, hell, i said the same thing about gusev and look what happened so yeah, unfortunately. I liked Goosen. But 
uh, going back to what I was saying, let's just say we traded all those prospects to get Connor McDavid onto the roster. And let's just say Connor McDavid, I believe, what, he has, what, five years left on his contract? I don't, I'm Something not sure. Like he signed, it's like six, yeah, seven he, years, I think. He signed to a max deal. Let's just say we were able to win a Stanley Cup. If we had Connor McDavid to our roster, I, I don't think we win a Stanley Cup even, just just because, you know, just how our roster is structured. But a team. Now, I mean, look at, look that, Cal- look at Edmonton. Edmonton has McDavid, Dreisaitl, and a bunch of scrubs for the most part. Just going to call it they like got, it is. They got Duncan Keith. Oh, whoop. <laughs> that will. Oh, that, that means that <laughs> they'll actually they win a game in the first round before they get knocked out. That's literally what it means. That's awesome. <laughs> yo, Ken uh, no, Holland, was... yo, Ken Holland, GM of the year. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? That I don't know. Uh, Duncan Keith actually just wanted to be closer to his family. That was the thing. Like, he, so wait, he, he wanted... so get exposed in the Seattle draft and go to Seattle. Yeah, that, that's, that's what, what he I said. was he, saying. Because uh, his family actually, I was reading online, his family lives in British Columbia, and he wanted to be um, traded to either a Pacific team or a Western Canadian team. That's why he demanded the trade because he wanted to be closer freaking, to his family. And he's Edmonton. thirty, and he's thirty-seven years old. So I'm like, why would you trade for a guy who didn't have a good year, who's thirty-seven years of age, and already has one foot out the door? Because Cal, because Edmonton is Edmonton. That's what it is. Oh. That's why. Because Chicago wants because Chicago wants Seth Jones, and it's not it's not it's clearly by design that Seth Jones's younger brother is now a Blackhawk. It tells you a lot, doesn't it? So you know that's another thing. But you know it is what it is. But I like going back to what we were talking about. Yeah, I mean at the end of the day, like the thing is, is simply this: like we talk about it all the time because like let's face it, like you and I are both bored of talking about it. We want to see action. Like we want to see right. stuff actually happen. It seems like you and I are the only fans who are confident that something will happen big soon. I am cautiously optimistic because of the ownership. Ownership has been saying relatively publicly that they want to win. They want to spend money, everything like that. I don't, I want to see them actually do it. I want to see them put their money where, literally put their money where their mouth is. If they do that, then okay, we're rocking and rolling. But if we continue to just say that we're going to do something and then not do it, I don't get it. I don't like it, it just that's the thing I look at. So for me, it's like we have opportunities here. We could bring in Dougie, a guy like Dougie Hamilton. Hell, Gabriel Landeskog is pissed off at Colorado and clearly doesn't look like he's going to be in Colorado after this year. Why not bring in him? Former captain, a guy who could score 30 plus goals. In the prime of his career, you don't think that he would benefit? You don't think, well, maybe not him, but you don't think the Devils would benefit from having him? Now, we were talking about this off air. I'm just going to throw it out. You're going to disagree. I'm just going to throw it out. Elliot Friedman, on his uh, 31 Thoughts, I believe that's what it's called, 31 Thoughts, he was saying, he was wondering, are the Devils thinking about possibly one of Robin Leonard or Marc-Andre Fleury? And I said, and I said publicly, I said, here's the thing. Flurry makes sense more for several reasons. One, he has one year left on his contract. One. So if the Devils want to have a solid backup like Flurry for one season, that's fine. Two, Robin Leonard's contract is atrocious. It is bad. And I'm sorry. You're going to bring in Robin Leonard and have him on the team for the next three or four years? I'm sorry, what? Like, what are we talking about? 
And the thing is, is that Vegas doesn't have much say now, do they? They're they're in a really tough spot. They and look, they're exempt from the expansion draft. Well, you know that's because you know Gary Bettman is Gary Bettman, and he does everything possible to make sure Vegas does. I don't understand what, that. I don't. Oh man. Oh, I completely understand it because it's clearly the NHL wanting Vegas to still be good. That's fine. But look, there are two guys when it comes to goaltenders that make sense in trades to me. There's two, only two. Number one, actually, there's three. I'll give you three. Flurry, Darcy Kemper, and Jake Allen. It's literally the only three I could think of for a trade. Now, I don't think Montreal has given up Jake Allen because what was the point of bringing him in if you're not, if you're not going to you know, do that? Darcy Kemper, well, Aiden Hill's a free agent, so we don't know what they're going to do with that. Auntie Ronta is also a free agent. Do they prefer Ronta over Kemper? Who knows? Kemper's the only one that has any term on his contract. And with Flurry, again, it's $7 million for one year. Don't you think also from a financial standpoint of trying to get to the cap floor, it would make sense to bring in someone like that who's making $7 million? So to It me, would make sense. So to me, and also the other thing is this. We don't have to give up a whole lot. We really right. don't. Do we have to I give up here- a first-round pick? Possibly, but we do have two. We have the 29th overall pick. Is that really honestly and truly that bad of an idea? No, no. like trade. Yeah, yeah, we could Look, trade. If you want to give that's them, draft, but- if you want to give them something like Flurry, if you want to give them like a first round pick, give them the Islanders pick, and you want to give up like I don't know a fifth, a fourth, a fifth, and I don't like, and I don't know uh, Colton White. I don't know why I keep on. I like Colton White a lot, but Colton White. You, like, I feel like Vegas would actually be okay with that. We're one of the few teams that could offer that. We could say to them, hey, we have a first-round pick. Yeah, it's 29th overall, but we have a first-round pick. Would you like it? Because guess what? Right. Last time I checked, I don't think Vegas has a first-round pick. Now, do they? I don't think they do either. So they, And also, and you, here's another player that's uh, from Vegas. While we're on the topic of Vegas, here's another player that I'm hearing rumors that he might be available on the down low for cheap, Riley Smith. Riley Smith's a solid player. I think he'd be solid. And he also, would be bottom, it wouldn't... but to me, I feel like he would come to the Devils as a bottom six. I don't feel like he would come here to be a top six because I think they would play him alongside Jack Hughes and he can, but you know, is he bring the goal back... scoring. Is he the goal scoring that Jack Hughes needs, though? That's my argument. That's my Probably point. Not. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like if you're going to get, if you're going to get a top six, if you're going to get goal scoring for Jack Hughes, it has to be a legit top six winner. So Zach Hyman would be closer to that, closer to that. A Vladimir Tarasenko would be pretty close to that, although his injury history is uh, something. Um, it's okay. So is Nico Heizers. Yeah, sure. Let's let's put that. In. Uh, okay, I know people are going to shoot me because I know some Devils Twitter hates me because I. There's one guy in particular. I'm not going to mention his name, but he really doesn't like me saying this because I say it a lot, but. You know, Patrick Laine is an RFA. I'm just saying. Oh, no. I'm just saying. And we don't have to give up a whole lot to get him, or, you know, with regards to, like, compensation. It's like one first, which we have, a second, which we have, a third, which we have, and a fourth, which we have. So, I mean, and he's 22 or 23. I mean, he's right there. Um, Johnny Gaudreau as well, if you want to get nuts. 
Well, I mean, I feel like Johnny Gaudreau is not as nuts as people think it is. I think there's actually possibilities there. But basically what I'm trying to say here, Trey, is simply this. The Devils have so many options. It's a joke. With the second most cap space, I'm not counting Seattle because Seattle doesn't have a team right now. They don't have a right. team, but I don't count them. They have Devils have the second most cap space. And to be honest with you, I could argue that they're a little bit closer along in their development than the, than the Detroit Red Wings. Obviously, the Red Wings didn't even have a player who had over 30 points this season. At least we had a couple. That's all I could say. So are we an enticing place to come to? Not really. No. But we do have a lot of money, and players like money. And if Gabriel Landeskog wants that money, the Devils could easily give it to him. They could give it I'm to just saying, like, if, if you want to come to New Jersey, we have, um, you know, I, I guess we have beaches. Might not be L.A. We're or close Miami to New beaches. York, all right? We're like a, right. We're the Lincoln Tunnel or George Washington Bridge away from New York. And so. also Philadelphia, where I live. So it's like, you know. Well, and you you're, got you're Hoboken, really close. Hoboken, and look, ladies and gentlemen, Hoboken is, is a nice place to hang out. Okay. Hoboken is not bad. And Newark, you go to Dinosaur Barbecue, you have a good time. It's fine. It's totally fine. So I'm just I'm just pointing this out that again, the devils, as I've said a hundred times, have so many options. It's about them actually doing something. Let's do something. And I think, and I'm not I think they're giving Tom say, Fitzgerald the green light. I think they're going to give Tom Fitzgerald the green light. Well, honestly. look, they now have Tad Brown as their, as their CEO. And here's the thing that I think is interesting about Tad Brown. In the 12 years he was with the Houston Rockets, what was his reputation? He spent okay, so, he, so much money. I could tell you, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul. He got the All-Star game to Houston, not once, but twice in a seven-year span. He spent a decent amount for Clint Capella at one point. Right. right. I know it's Clint Capella, but still, it's a lot of money. He spent money. The, the point is, is simply this. He spent money on talent. Now, did they win a championship? No. Okay? No. They did But they were contenders. They were they still were contenders. contenders. They were contenders. Right. And so, me being a Brooklyn Nets fan, if if – sacrificing if if having the 76ers become really good from the ceo perspective means that the devils become really good i take the good with the bad that's the way i look at it so to me it's like this we have a guy that comes in with the reputation to spend money tad brown better go to tom Fitzgerald and say my guy you have the green light to do what you need and as a matter of fact i, I will help you i literally uh posted this episode today i said i think uh tad brown is indeed going to give Tom Fitzgerald the green light just based on his past history. And I said, could it be possible that he could convince the NHL to have the All-Star game in New Jersey for one year, maybe? Just like, because last time New Jersey hosted an All-Star game was like 1984. Right. He could, he's a good marketer. He's very good at what he does. And right. already he's better than uh, Scott O'Neill. Already. So let's... Scott O'Neill started the base, but now it's time to have someone take it to and the then next Scott level for eight years didn't do any didn't spend any money so what what like what exactly did he do other than I, I tad brown my guy if you're listening to this podcast which i know you're not or if there's a represent uh representative or your assistant whatever the case might be you better tell tom fitzgerald to let it fly let's find our james harden on skates 
I, I, I could not agree with you more. It has to, it just, I'm speaking as a fan, ladies and gentlemen. You guys know if you listen to Devil's State of my podcast, you guys know how I am. I'm and you know how asking, I am on Locked on Devils. Y'all, y'all know exactly how I feel about this. We need to get stuff done. We can't go into next year with the team that we have now. We just can't. Even though, yes, are we going back to normal divisions? 100%. So do we have a fair shot next year? We do. But we have to get better. We have to be a playoff team. We have to take the next step. What is the next step? To be above 500? That's not acceptable enough because that's just another year of us not making the playoffs, probably trading people that we like at the deadline and watching them go win a cup. How many times have you people been tired of seeing that? Am I thrilled that I've seen Blake Coleman win two Stanley Cups since he left New Jersey? No, I'm not. And also I- Pat, Pat Maroon. Oh, and, and Frederick Clayson, in case anybody wants to remember the cup of coffee that Clayson had with the Devils. Oh, and Scott Wedgwood as well, even though he didn't play a single game. But he's a Stanley Cup champion. Back. He came back, but yes, I he get what had, you're saying. But like, you know, so that's that's basically what I'm trying to say. This is a, this is such a vital, crucial offseason for the New Jersey Devils. It's time to put up or shut up. Do it now or you're never going to do it. That's the reality of it. We have no excuse not to do it. We need to do it. And please get Tom Fitzgerald a new contract. Can we stop screwing around, give him a new contract, and then we'd be fine? Please, because I don't get how he's allowed to keep running this team without a contract. He shouldn't be, and he deserve and he deserves a contract because he's done so well for our organization right now. I think he's handled trades beautifully, and I think he's putting our direction uh, in terms of our rebuild or whatever the case might be, trying to get to the next rebuild, uh, next uh, stage. I, I I think he's done a great job, so he deserves a, a new contract. So, yeah, I, I I I I think the Devils were on the right path. We have this year is perfect. We have money. We're, we have the expansion draft to help us out. We have uh, draft picks and we have, you know, decent players that, you know, I wouldn't mind entertaining maybe a potential trade. That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, to, to basically like what I would say to everybody is simply this. I'm not going to tell you to be patient because I don't want you to be. I want you to be kicking and screaming on social media. I want that. Like, I love it. I want that because the more that people see it, the more obvious it's going to be. We're not happy right now. We are hopeful that something happens, but we're not going to be satisfied if all we do is sign two bottom pair defensemen and a, and a fourth liner, which we've done in the past. You know damn well what I'm talking about. So at the I end do. of the day, let's get down to business. We have a lot of ways we can do this. We have money. We have prospects. We have picks. And there are a lot of teams that are in cap hell right now that need to be fleeced. Let's fleece them. Let's get and the And we are not drive. one of those teams that, that uh, are in financial hell. We could be, but we're not. Yeah, we lost money during the pandemic, but we still have the second most cap space in the NHL. Right. And again, one more time, for the people in the back that didn't hear me, we are $17 million under the cap floor. We have to spend money. We have no choice but to spend money. So let's go. Let's do something about it. Let's 
We there's some talent out there. We could take advantage of it. You want to get nuts? Trade for like a guy like Mitch, Mitch Marner or John Tavares. You really want to make a statement? Make a statement like that. I'm not saying that that's what the Devils are going to do, or even if the Maple Leafs would be stupid enough to do anything like that. But I'm pointing it out as you have to make a statement. You have to get the fans back on your side. Because right now, the fans are not with you. I'm talking directly to the owners. It's not with you right now, ladies and gentlemen. You have an opportunity here to really start something big. I'm tired of hearing the future's bright, the future's bright. No, the future is now. The future is right freaking now. We have to look back at this offseason as the offseason that propelled us to eventually winning at least one Stanley Cup. Okay? Let's get there. Let's do it. Let's take that next step and let's go become the devil's team that we know we have become in the past and we can become in the future. Rich, my brother. Yeah, you are absolutely right. This offseason is going to be very excited. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the expansion draft. I'm, I'm looking fired forward up right to the now. amateur I'm fired, draft. I'm fired up right now just thinking about it. Looking forward to possible trades, free agencies, and I think the Devils will take uh, five steps forward uh, next year, in my opinion. But, you know, we just got to believe. We just got to trust Fitz and see what he's going to do. Uh, I'm sure he's going to take some risk, and I'm sure Tad Brown is on the phone. Tad Brown won't officially start until August 3rd. But I'm sure he's still on the phone with Tom Fitzgerald saying, let it fly, baby. So, uh, obviously, I think we've touched on everything. Uh, before I give my final thoughts, do you have any final thoughts that you want to share? I would basically say this. Number one, go go like and subscribe to Locked on Devils, please. Please go do that for me. I would greatly appreciate it. Please also like and subscribe to Devil's State of Mind podcast. Everywhere you listen to, to podcasts, same thing with Trey. We're just, we're just two Devils fans just trying to give you guys the best content we possibly can. And look, promise you, once things start to develop and we start getting moves, we are going to have a lot to talk about. We are certainly going to have a lot to talk about. And we are going to give you guys as much of the up-to-date coverage as possible. And, you know, let's, let's get going, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to get... It's time to get serious here. It's time to get serious. It's time to start becoming a winning hockey team. It is. And you heard Neil loud and clear. So also, my listeners, uh, if you leave a good review on Apple Podcasts, I will give you a shout out in the next uh, episode. Also, uh, like and subscribe to Devil's State of Mind. And uh, he does a great job as well. So, Neil, uh, this has been a really good talk. Just us just hashing it out, just putting everything out there. I guess my final thought is, I agree with you. Listen, we got the money. We got the draft picks. We got the prospects. We got the pieces on our roster to really do something special. It is up to Tom Fitzgerald. It is up to Tad Brown to just basically uh, turn on the green light and say, let's let it fly. Let's get back to the playoffs. And when we get to the playoffs, let's actually try to be somewhat competitive and not get gentlemen swept uh, a couple years ago by the Tampa Bay Lightning. Because last time we were true contenders in the playoff, was 2012 in which we lost to the Kings, but that's a story for another time. Absolutely. And I would say this, if the Devils are listening to this, you're trying to find a good hashtag for next year. I got one for you. The future is now. Just put that there. Cause that's all we've been hearing. We've been saying, Oh, you know, devil's on the rise. Uh, we are the ones. No, the future is now enough, enough BS. Let's get going. Let's make some moves and let's take advantage of some teams and make this team good. Because we have the we have so much that we can do, and we have no excuse not to do it. 
I'm going to leave it at that. It, it's time. So once again, thanks to Neil from the Devil's State of Mind podcast for just coming on and overall doing this very special crossover. The pleasure is always mine, man. You were phenomenal. And also, uh, do you guys agree with our opinions? Do you agree with our hot takes? So I'm sure there were some uh, takes that I agreed with him and I'm sure vice versa. But, you know, there was also some takes on his side that I didn't agree with and also vice versa in that regard. So obviously things like this is subjective. That's why I call it silly season because we don't know what's uh, realistically going to happen with the New Jersey Devils. It's going to be very interesting to see. And like I told you guys, I can't reiterate this enough. If you've stuck by the entirety of this episode, we recorded this episode before the Ryan Graves trade and before the expansion draft lists were um, final by all respective teams. So I'm just putting that out there once again for another disclaimer. But anyway, uh, once again, thanks to Neil from Devil State of Mind Podcast. If you hadn't checked out uh, his channel, please do so. He does excellent work. And overall, it was just fun to talk to another Devils fan and just talk to another Devils podcaster as well. So it was just a lot of fun to do this special crossover uh, with Neil. So uh, that's about all the time I have for you guys today. Thanks for listening. The expansion draft is right around the corner. Check it out on ESPN2. And overall, uh, with the 10th overall selection, that's when the Seattle Kraken are going to select a player from the New Jersey Devils. So keep an eye out for that. And also, uh, I have a special guest planned for this week, and he plays at the University of Michigan hockey program. And no, it's not uh, Owen Power, it's not Matt Beniers, and it's not Kent Johnson. But at the same time, this is someone who uh, knows them relatively well and also is able to provide some insight to the Hughes brothers of Jack and Quinn and also Luke. So this is going to be very exciting. Uh, keep an ear out for that as well. But anyway, as for today, that's all the time I have for you guys today. Once again, continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. Go Devils. See you in the next episode.